Hi, my name is Nikki. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed, Bed Crime, Crime Stories, Stories, a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. I was trying to do that all in one breath, so I'm really proud of myself. I was just going to say, was that... Yeah. That was like a personal achievement of mine. I want to make sure I could do that all in one breath. I was, try- I was trying to yawn into the microphone, but I don't think to, it's loud enough. To show you how much bed crime, or how much yeah. bed we are ready for this bed crime story. Yes, right it did pick up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, got you. I am also quite sleepy today, so yeah. it should be an, uh, an interesting bed crime story tonight. I think I messed up my sleeping when I was on vacation, because mm-hmm. I slept all day Sunday. And then part Monday, so I'm just kind of like now overly tired. Still trying to just get back in the yeah. routine. Yeah, it's it'll weird. happen. It'll happen. And I also want to kind of issue a uh, preemptive apology that I'm very con- not congested, but like my nose is very dry. So if my nose starts squeaking, I'm just gonna go right ahead and apologize right up front before we begin. So, um, on those pleasant notes about how tired and squeaky our noses are. I will say, every time I try to, like, rub my eye, try to squeak it like Jovi does. Yeah. Jovi has a cool... I can't get it. Jovi's eyeball makes a cool squeaking noise. Hold on. Here, she's coming. She's doing it into the microphone. Oh my god. So gross. (laughs) It is gross and also the coolest thing ever. So Every time I try to rub my eyes, I try to do it, but it doesn't happen. So I just go, squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. Oh, that is so gross. I think we need to pour some WD-40 in your eye socket. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, on that fun note, I'm going to pass it over to Nikki for this week's True Crime Headlines. All right. So my first one is from Mm Oxygen.com. And I'm sure you heard this. But dating game killer Rodney Al- Alcala dies in prison he for died. natural causes at age 77. Too good for him to die of natural causes, in my personal opinion. Yeah. But good riddance to bad rubbish. I saw that the other day and I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. But it's saying that he's responsible for as many as 130 deaths across the country. Isn't that crazy? I think sometimes we don't take, like, I don't realize how much mayhem he really creates. Oh, yeah. Like, I guess when, when I really think about those heavy hitters of that time period, you think about your Ted Bundys and your, you know, that, like, uh, the Night Stalker and all yeah. those people. Like, and obviously people know the dating game killer, but I just don't equate him with over 100 deaths. It's just absolutely insane to me. I, I don't know. Same. Yeah, crazy. Same. Like, I, I didn't realize that that's how many people until I read the article and I was like, wow. Yeah, and he was one of the ones who, like, would pretend that he was a photographer, right? And take people up and, and like... Um, um, yeah. He often used his skills as a photographer to lure his unsuspecting victims by offering to take their picture. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So. Interesting. He's a, Interesting. He, he an asshole. So, my second story is from New York Post. Oh, that's and, a new one. Yeah. I don't think we ever New York Posted yet. New York Post. And it was posted on July 27th, 2021. Mm-hmm. And it says, Texas gunman stoned to death after killing one and drink three at party. He was stoned to death? Yeah. It says a gunman killed one person and injured three others at a Texas house party before he was stoned to death in the street by partygoers, according to cops. <gasps> Shut up. Yeah. The unidentified attacker first shot at least one person during a fight with multiple people at a backyard party in Fort Worth in their early hour, um, early hours Monday. The other attendees of the party then gave chase to the shooter, Fort Worth police said, with the gunman trying to fire as he fled. A group picked up concrete landscaping bricks and started throwing them at the shooter. Wow. Yeah. They the real MVPs. Isn't that awesome? That's crazy. I'm like... 
Why do I love that? Yeah. I mean, that's I... That's crazy. That's a medieval shit. I thought it was awesome. I was I like, mean, bro, you got stoned to death. Like, legit got stoned to death. Yeah. Like, that's some Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Right? So yes, th- those Lydia. are Shit. <laughs> those are my, my two true crime headlines wow. for the week. That's a... F- not fun, obviously, but, like, that's crazy. I'm happy you told I me mean, that. I never heard of that one. If you shoot a person and kill them and you injure four other people, I mean, what would you expect? You being stoned to death is probably, like, just... They took justice just into their own hand. Yeah. Shit. Well, all right, Charlie. What is your... Uh, what is your... Um, I missed a true crime headline for the week. Not ten. all right. bed crime... Story. Okay. I was like, did you forget the name of our podcast? Okay. So I have my glasses off. I don't know why that made me like forget how to speak. Because apparently, yes. Like, uh-huh. yeah. So tonight's story is not going to be super, super long from me, but it's again a bit of a departure from our normal traditional bed crime story. So Ooh. two weeks ago, I did the Waco siege mm-hmm. and I just was like not ready to go back yet. Like I wasn't ready to return to the world of mayhem and murder. So yeah. I decided to kind of take advantage of a really fun listener email that we got. So Ooh. yeah. So one of our listeners, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Um, Sarah wrote in Thanks. back in June. Thanks for submitting a, a, a story request. Yes, we appreciate you. So Sarah wrote in back in June and she asked if we could talk about the numerous, shall I say, happenings on the set of the movie The Wizard of Oz. So I told Sarah, I was like, um, yes, please. I'll take two. The Wizard of Oz is like legit one of my favorite movies of all time. So I really wanted to kind of take on the challenge of figuring out how to create a really fun story around this one. And, um, you know, it's, there's definitely a lot of information out there. There was a lot of crazy things that happened, not only on the set, but leading up to the development of the movie, after the movie, just a lot of really crazy things that happened. Um, but while the tumultuous environment surrounding the Wizard of Oz is really well documented, there's not like a ton of detail. So instead of just one long story, it's a bunch of little stories. Is it kind of like the whole thing with the exorcist? Those weird similar, happening things? Similar, but okay. you also have to take into consideration that the film was was um, made back in 1939. So there's oh, wow. also like a lack of labor laws. I didn't realize that that movie was that old. <laughs> yeah, so there's also like a lack of labor laws that kind of went into some okay. of this stuff too. And like, um, you know, just the ways of like how you would behave on set and safety procedures and things like that. And, you know, so it's interesting that yes, it's similar to the exorcist where it's like a quote unquote cursed film set, but different in it that it like, I don't, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So, um, like I said, tonight's story isn't long, but I'm going to tell you all of the crazy cursed and criminal things that happened on the set of one of Hollywood's most infamous and celebrated films, The Wizard of Oz. And I'm going to call tonight's episode Once Upon a Crime in Hollywood. And I would love to give the credit to my boyfriend for coming up with the title of that of tonight's episode. He actually also, we're going to give him some extra props. He also came up with the title bed crime stories. Yes. That mm-hmm. was, that came from his cranium as well. So once upon a crime in Hollywood is also his, so we'll give him a shout out. He is also the resident it guy for the podcast. So mm-hmm. we appreciate his, uh, fun puns and plays on words and also his, um, tinkering with our electronics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> 
The resources for tonight's episode are a Vanity Fair article from 2019 called The Wizard of Oz, Five Appalling Onset Stories, a Ranker article from 2020 called 15 Nightmare Stories from Behind the Scenes of The Wizard of Oz. There was also um, some resources from People.com and FBI.gov. Ooh. Juicy, 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 juicy. And I purposely specified the years for those two articles to show that even though the film was made in... 1939 it's still very much a you know it's a cultural phenomenon the wizard Mm -hmm. of oz and people still are very interested to hear about the happenings on the set of the movie so on the set of the wizard of oz judy garland who was cast of course as dorothy gale um she was only 16 years old when she was cast and she shot the movie when she was only 17 and allegedly judy garland suffered greatly at the hands of the men on set so First is the treatment of Judy by the studio MGM. Now, back in the 30s and kind of in that, the dawn of Hollywood, the way that movies would work at the time is you as an actor would sign an exclusive contract with the movie studio. So me, I'm an actor. I'm going to sign exclusively with Paramount and I will only make movies with Paramount until my contract runs out. And they could basically film as many movies with me as possible or they can never put me in a movie but I'm under contract exclusively with that studio so she was under contract with MGM since she was 13 years old wow yeah and often teenagers were um pretty highly drugged by the studio in order to keep them keep them in line and keep them controlled when they were on set so when they would wake up they were given adrenaline shots to keep them awake and alert when they were on set and they were given barbiturates at the end of the day to get them to go to sleep so yeah is really crazy and judy garland was already taking pills when she signed on to do wizard of oz because again she was already under contract she was already doing films but her drug use increased exponentially once she got the role of dorothy gale and there's a lot of people who consider the wizard of oz not only the emerging of judy garland as a star but also her downfall because her taking the drugs on the set on the set of the movie was really what caused her lifelong drug addiction so it's kind of blamed for her for her downfall and on top of the uppers and downers that they were giving her to control her performance they were also feeding her diet pills to help her slim down um according to the ranker.com article that i used as one of my resources judy was called quote a fat little pig in pigtails behind the camera so the producers and those at the studio um were not so kind to to miss garland um There's one scene in the film that Judy continuously giggled whenever she would record the scene. And um, it's it's when they first meet the Cowardly Lion and he's like freaking out and he starts to cry. So she or no, he is chasing Toto. So she slaps him and he starts to cry. And every single time she would go to slap him, she would start giggling because it was just like silly and, you know, what have you. So the director, Victor Fleming, pulled her to the side and slapped her across the face because she would not stop laughing so to try and snap her out I'm of angry. it angry oh, oh my Mommy, friend he's so angry. it gets so much worse so um he slapped judy across the face to try and snap her out of it and she was like i guess the pro that she was able to go right back on set and deliver the line perfectly in the next take so it's just crazy stuff 
You like jo- Jojo Siwa, right? Yes. Did you ever Jojo see Siwa. the episode where the um, dance moms where she's being mm-hmm. yelled at and she starts crying and, and I forget what her name is, whoever was that owned the dance studio, but she's like, you don't cry, blah, 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 blah. And Jojo's like, if you yell at me, I'm going to cry. Yeah. And she like sent her out. She's like, go. And I was just, I was like, it made me laugh because I was like. Yeah. Especially when you're a young kid like that. Yeah. I love Jojo Siwa. Me too. She's the best. But that's what it made me think of is like. Being, like, reprimanded, but, like, I mean... You're a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. Of course you're going to get into a giggle fit when you're slapping a mandress like a lion. Like, yeah. I mean, just... Hi, hello, you know, yeah. Uncalled for to slap some... <sighs> like I said, so much worse. So, though she was only 17, the producers wanted her to look even younger. So, closer to the age of 12. Oh, my God. Um. So, the role of Dorothy was actually originally meant to be casted with julie with shirley temple in the role um but because of her contract issues with whomever she was under contract with and their belief that her singing was not going to really kind of meet the standards for the role they casted judy garland but like i said she was 17 and they wanted her to look like as young as shirley temple basically so she was asked to lose 12 pounds so they put her on a strict diet which included smoking cigarettes to help curb her appetite they made her wear a corset to minimize the appearance of her breasts and they softened the original hair and makeup look that was planned for the role the change to her hair from blonde to brunette and the removal of the makeup was done to make Dorothy appear, quote, less fantastic when the film switches from black and white to technicolor. So I've seen Wizard of Oz. The beginning of the film is in like a sepia toned mm-hmm. black and white. And then when she gets to when she gets over the rainbow, she is in technicolor. And in order to make her look less glamorous and I guess less adult they toned her down so that way when she was in Technicolor she still looked like a child on top of all of this it is insane and on top of all of this was the behavior of the actors who were playing the munchkins of Oz according to a memoir that was written by Judy Garland's late husband Sid Luft they made Judy's life miserable on set by putting their hands under her dress The men were 40 or more years old and they thought they could get away with anything because they were so small. That is a direct quote from his memoir. Now, the actors playing the Munchkins also had quite a reputation for being unruly. So allegedly, they would engage in aggressively drunk behavior, they would gamble, and they would have orgies at the hotel that they were staying in from the studio. Yeah. So the police were called multiple times to the Culver Hotel on complaints of the noise and the rowdiness of um, the, 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 the actors who were playing the munchkins that were staying at this hotel due to their gambling, drinking, and orgy behavior. So yes, many, many of the munchkin, I know it's crazy, many of the munchkin actors have denied the claims made by Luft and from others, arguing that they worked hard for very little pay, which also couldn't completely see that that was probably a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret Pellegrini, who was an actress who played a munchkin, told The Independent in 2009, quote, there were a lot of them who liked to go out and have a few drinks, but nothing got out of hand. Everyone was having a good time and enjoying themselves. There was no rowdiness or anything like that, and those stories are very upsetting. So, yeah. 
So that's kind of the behavior that surrounded the film. So I'm now going to shift to the toxic and harmful makeup, costumes, and effects that were used oh on set. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's just, it's never ending. I can imagine. It's just unbelievably never ending. So the actor who was originally cast to play the Tin Man had to drop out of production due to the severe reaction that he had to the aluminum powder that was used in the makeup for the role. So the actor, this original actor, Buddy Ebsen, better known as Jed Clampett from the original mm. Beverly Hillbillies, mm-hmm. right? Um, he woke up one night during the rehearsal period of the film. He was screaming from extreme cramping in his legs, hands, and arms. And then he began to have trouble breathing. So his wife took him to the hospital and he remained in the hospital for two weeks in an oxygen tent. He had this like severe lung infection because of breathing in this aluminum powder that was mixed into the face makeup. His skin even turned blue as an effect of the allergic reaction. Holy crap. And of course, hi, welcome to 1939. The studio was just pissed that he wasn't able to work. They like yeah. called him angry. Like, when was are this, you going to get back to the set? Was this the, during the time when they were doing the the girl, the radium girls? Is that what it was? Radium? You know, honestly, I'm not going to lie. It was probably around that same time. Okay. If not, radium girls might have been a little bit earlier than that. Maybe closer into like the 10s and the 20s, early 1900s. Oh, uh, okay. But it can't be that far off from I'm that. Like people putting things on their bodies that they shouldn't. Legit. So, like I said, the studio was angry that he was missing so much time on set. And they were trying to get him back to work. But he was eventually replaced by Jack Halley, who made the role of Tin Man or Hickory when he's in Kansas. His name is Hickory, the farmhand. Um, so Jack Halley was the one who made Tin Man famous. The aluminum makeup was altered slightly, but Jack Halley still suffered from a severe eye infection from using the makeup on his face. Now, the Cowardly Lion costume proved to be a real challenge for the costumers. So for continuity purposes, they wanted to make sure that the fur that they used was consistent, right? So they found that it was going to be difficult for them to find synthetic furs that were consistent in color and texture and appearance on film. So the solution was to just use the hide of a real lion. So they just had a, his suit is made out of real lion fur, which is crazy. I will tell you, I watched the Wizard of Oz today to like prepare for this. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, fine, like looking at all this stuff. I'm like, I can't believe that was a real lion. That's just insane. Holy yeah. Um, so Bert Lahr, the actor portraying Cowardly Lion. And when he was in Kansas, his name was Zeke. I love, I love it. Um, like I said, Wizard of Oz, favorite movie. He wore one costume throughout all of filming. So the costume was incredibly heavy. They were saying that it was upwards of like 90 pounds was these pelts that he was wearing. Um, The lights were hot and incredibly bright. And he was sweating constantly in this costume. And he was sweating so much in the costume that they had to put it into an industrial dryer at the end of shooting every night. And of course it stunk because it's the fur of a dead animal that a human being is spending his days sweating buckets into. Could you even imagine the rank? No, that's so gross. Awful. Awful. Ew. And not to mention that real lion fur was put in a dryer. Oh, yeah. The burnt fur smell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, the hot fur smell, the hot, like, because, of course, it's, like, leather hide under there, right? It's dry and leather. Oh, my God. 
smell plus like oh and then just like the smell of human sweat is disgusting Mm. on top of all that talking about it just makes me nauseous it's so gross so gross so margaret hamilton better known as the wicked witch of the west my girl um or elmira gulch in kansas who is not my girl we don't like her she wanted to kill the dog she suffered serious burns uh during a stage effect so there's that scene in the film where she appears um Mm -hmm. on the roof and she's threatening tin man uh scarecrow and dorothy and at the end of that scene she kind of disappears in like that flash bulb with the red smoke well when they were filming that scene for the very first time the effects crew set the fire too early and margaret didn't have enough time to get out of the way her broomstick and her hat caught on fire and she suffered burns to her chin nose cheek upper lip eyelid and forehead her eyelashes and eyebrow on the right side of her (gasps) face were singed off and the skin was burned completely off of her hand yeah then you go back and watch this movie and you're just like i know i know i know like i said i was watching it today while i was working and i just kept like looking over at it like oh my god this poor woman now instead of calling an ambulance or taking her to the hospital shocking mgm the wonderful studio that it was in the 30s she had to sit there and wait for a friend to come and pick her up from the set um and again not at all shockingly the studio called her the very next day to see when she was going to return to work um it took six weeks for her to recover but her hand was so badly injured that she needed to wear gloves on set rather than cover her hand in makeup because the nerves were just all exposed and her skin was so damaged she considered suing the studio but she eventually decided against it uh, because according to margaret quote for the very simple reason that i wanted to work again that's dedication that no that's sad as fuck that's sad because that it's is. basically saying that they were gonna basically like mm-hmm. she was going to accept the abuse because it was gonna get her work yeah so awful so awful i'll never forget the episode i was a huge um mr rogers fan when i was a kid <gasps> yeah i had mr rogers mug right above your head there nikki mm-hmm. um i love mr rogers he's one of my favorite human beings that ever walked the face of the earth and i think a lot of people will agree with that mm-hmm. he had um margaret hamilton on the set or on mr rogers neighborhood yeah. one day and she brought her costume and she like it was a way for him to show that like I think this I isn't remember. real and you can't you shouldn't be afraid of her but oh it was so sweet and she was just the sweetest woman so when margaret did return to set she of course refused to take like to take part in the effect again oh yeah obviously that'd be scary. because it burned half your fucking face off now they put a stunt double in her place to film the scene and on the first take she also caught on fire yeah like hi let's learn was she seriously injured also so she said quote i felt as though my scalp was coming off i guess that's because my hat and my black wig were torn loose she wound up spending 11 days in the hospital and margaret only spent what six six weeks oh six weeks okay i was like yeah so two almost two weeks yeah and on top of all of that she wound up only getting paid 35 dollars for her one day of work the stunt double what did that equal in that time frame 35 bucks is what it equaled bullshit is what it was yeah <laughs> well, like could you imagine know. what's, what's just 35 from in 1939 money to 2021 could jovi is finding out imagine? for us imagine in what in 19 what was that 39 39 yeah. oh wow 35 dollars in 1939 is equivalent in purchasing power to about $684.13 today. 
I still feel like that's not enough. For one day of being a stunt double where you got caught on fire. And we had to spend like 11 days in the hospital. I mean, you basically call that a wash. Yeah. Well, and actually, so just a little factoid. Um, when I was talking about the, the actors who played the munchkins, they were quoted to say that they only got paid $50 a week. A week. A week. <laughs> During the entire production. So if you give $35 is 600 and change, let's just say that it's like, what, $750 I mean, that's a week. I'm looking that up right now. I mean, that's... $750 a week to be in those hot, disgusting costumes oh, and dancing yeah. around and Lollipop Guild and all that bullshit. $50 is equivalent to $977.32. I mean, that's almost what I make in a week. I might as well just... I mean, do you want to be running around in hot... Technicolor nope. lights in a costume licking on a lollipop and no. talking about the lollipop guilt? I, I don't kinda think wa- so. I kind of want a lollipop though right I now. Know. I could take a lollipop. I could take a lollipop. But anyway, $35. That's bullshit. <sighs> so, um, Margaret Hamilton also reported that the green makeup took so long to completely clear from her skin that she had a green tinge to her face for months after the filming was ended. Like it just stained her skin so badly that she just was green for months. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, in the scene where Dorothy and the gang fall asleep in the field of poison poppies, right? We can all recall the poppies mm-hmm. will yeah. put them to sleep. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, a gentle snow begins to fall, right? By Glinda the Good Witch. She starts to uh, drop some snow on them and it revives them from their poisoned nap. Well, to create the effect of snow falling, the crew sprinkled asbestos. <laughs> Or, to quote an article from Atlas Obscura, they, quote, literally douse their main characters in carcinogens. And then I wrote in here, and their little dog, too, because Toto was also in the field of poppies getting sprinkled with asbestos. They didn't have potato flakes back then, did they? They didn't have potato flakes back then. No, I don't think so. My friend, when she got married, they did potato flakes. But that was That's dangerous. actually really fucking smart. But, Isn't but... smart? But this is what happened. Because rice gets someone's squirrel sick. Yeah, and that, they wanted something that was um, biodegradable for. Yeah, but it went to rain. Your church is covered in mashed well, potatoes. Well, see, this is what happened. Someone <laughs> threw it uh-huh. at the groom's face, and it got in his eye. Ooh. And since it's wet, it started making mashed potatoes in his eye. And I was okay, like, Is it really bad that I think that's funny? I mean, I'm sure that that's awful. Oh, it, probably it looked like bad. it hurt. I'm sure it hurt real bad. I mean, everybody laughed, but then everybody felt bad like immediately after because they were like, dude, that looks like it hurt. Yeah, I'm sure that really hurt, but you also have mashed potatoes in your eyes. <laughs> that's kind of funny. It's awful, but I have a dark sense of humor. So, and I'm already going to hell, so I guess I might as well laugh at people with mashed potatoes. I'm like, mine. so no, use potatoes to look, potato flakes to potato look flakes like. Potato flakes is actually very brilliant. Yeah. Um, but that's funny. Anyway. Instead, throw chemicals on your... Yeah, not asbestos. But again, I'm not going to completely place the asbestos blame squarely on the shoulders of the MGM Studios because back in the 30s, asbestos was commonly used for holiday decorations. So it was just one of those things, similar like what you were mentioning before with the Radium Girls, right? It's just one of those things of like, we didn't know what we know now Mm -hmm. yet. So to us, it was like, well, yeah, asbestos looks just like snow. And now we're like, oh, so you mean... I'm going to touch that once, die of finger pointer can pointer finger cancer, and that's yeah. yeah. So we didn't realize then what we know now. So yeah, and we're still learning. Yes, we are every day. Every day is a learning mm-hmm. experience. 
So luckily for Ray Bolger, the scarecrow, he was able to complete film largely unscathed by costuming or injury. Um, the extent of his physical damage was from um, removing the mask at the end of the movie. So the mask that he wore um, had burlap on oh. it. And when he removed the the mask, it had pressed the burlap so deeply into his skin that he had burlap scars on his face that did eventually go away but it stayed there for quite a while that he had like this crisscross burlap pattern on his face how long did they film wizard of oz that's a really good question i really honestly in all of my research and stories i didn't see but it had to be i mean it had to be months you figure between everybody's injuries that's what i'm saying thinking yeah so i mean it had to be months 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 that's what i was thinking because i was like could you imagine i mean if you film this all in like a week or two Right. Okay, maybe I could see mm-hmm. suffering for a week or two, but if you're talking about months, yeah, doing that, like, oh god, it had to be months. Production on the bulk of the Technicolor sequences was a long and exhausting process that ran for over six months, from October of 1938 to March of 1939. Most Dang. of the cast worked six days a week and had to arrive as early as 4 a.m. to be fitted with makeup costumes and often did not leave until 7 p.m. or later. Fuck, it was, they, they did it during the wintertime and they're using chemicals? They didn't just go outside and get real snow? Well, it's L.A. Oh. It doesn't snow in L.A. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I forget that I live in Florida where it's just How dare they hot. not really film that on location in Oz? Hey, I just... <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I I'm just kidding. found out I'm that kidding. Supernatural is filmed all in Canada. Of course, it's all over Canada. And I was like, that's Carry some bull. Okay, anyway. I finished it the other day. Where was I? Where Sorry. Was I? Where was I? Scarecrow. Burlap. Scars on his face. Got it. Um, now, according to Ray Bolger, who played Hunk in Kansas... The Ray Bolger. Um, the costumes... Uh, um, according to him, of the costumes and makeup, he said, quote, it wasn't porous, so you couldn't sweat. You couldn't Ugh. breathe through your skin, and we felt like we were suffocating. It wasn't no dry fit? No, it was not wicking material. Yes. Um, I was incredibly in love with Ray Bolger when I was a kid. I loved the Scarecrow. I had the biggest crush on him. And not, like, Ray Bolger as Hunk in Kansas. No, no. The Scarecrow. I loved him. And I, like, totally... St- like, of course, before I knew what it was, I totally stand Dorothy and Scarecrow. And, of course, it was also before I knew she was, like, a 17-year-old girl and he was, like, a whole-ass grown-ass man. But um, he was just so nice to her and so gentle. And he loved Dorothy so much and she loved him, too. Because at the end, when she's leaving Oz and going back to Kansas, she says, I think I'm going to miss you most of all. (laughs) (laughs) I love Dorothy and the Scarecrow. I love Scarecrow so much. (sighs) And he says my favorite line in the whole movie. People without brains do an awful lot of talking. <laughs> That's my favorite line because it's the truth. It is. 100%. Uh, hashtag true. So speaking of suffocation, getting off of my uh, scarecrow tirade about how much I loved him. Speaking of suffocation, um, I briefly mentioned earlier about Technicolor and how this was one of the, that was one of the big appeals of the movie is now in Technicolor, right? It was like a big thing. And using Technicolor became really popular in the 1930s colors appeared more vivid and highly saturated on the big screen but one of the negatives of using technicolor is that the lighting that was used on set had to be incredibly bright and incredibly like strong lighting right to get all of these colors to really pull pull through the lighting setup caused temperatures in the studio to rise above 100 degrees and there were even issues with carbon dioxide buildup so production used to need to stop occasionally to air out the studio. Fuck. 
that. Right? Fuck that. Correct. So the Winkies and the Winged Monkeys wore heavy costumes, furred costumes. Yeah. Yeah. And they struggled in the heat, some allegedly coming close to heat stroke. Yeah. So there are also two quick animal-related stories from the set. Not, like, deaths or anything. So, I mean, I'm sure Toto and the horse are dead now, but so is everybody else in the movie. Um <clears throat> So there's also two quick animal related stories. So Toto was a terrier named Terry. Aww. Terrier named Terry. And on set, one of the Wicked Witch's guards, a Winky, uh, the aforementioned Winky, accidentally stepped on Terry and broke her paw. Aww. I know. So Terry was replaced for four weeks of filming due to her little paw injury. Boop, boop, boop. Now, not so fun fact, Terry the Terrier was actually paid more for her time on the movie than the munchkins were. That's real fucked. Can what we talk about how real fucked that is? Fuck? Yeah. How much did Terry make? I don't know. I don't know how much Terry the Terrier made. How much but did Terry the Terrier she made? made. Fucking bizank because we should look it up because yeah, yeah. according to the article, she actually made more money than the actors who portrayed the munchkins did, who were a mix of little people and children. Oh. Mm-hmm. My God! Yeah, crazy, right? It's insane. I want to know how much more this dog got paid. <laughs> oh my God! What? Oh my God! Oh my God! Jovi's face. <laughs> Jovi's what? Face is already telling the story. Go ahead. Terry the Terrier <laughs> earned one hundred twenty-five dollars a week. So one and a half times what the actors playing the Munchkins were earning. Yes. So if the Munchkins were making like nine hundred fifty dollars. I know it's a little more than that, but whatever. That's nineteen hundred dollars. Fuck, man. Bro, I'm in the wrong line of business. I need to be a Hollywood dog. I need to train my dogs how to be Hollywood dogs. Oh, yeah, I guess that would make more sense, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I need to put on a dog costume and go beg for some treats. I was just going to put my dogs to work. I pay for all their shit anyways. Dumbass. I'm so stupid. I love it. Pour yourself another glass of wine, Charlie. You big dumbass. Oh, good lord. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Terry the Terrier, make him bank. My bad. In one of my personally favorite scenes, the gang finally makes it to Emerald City, and they get a ride on a carriage that was pulled by the horse of a different color. Now, I love the horse of a different color because when I'm talking to people, right, and they, like, we're having a conversation, and they're like, no, that's not what happened. This happened. Instead of saying, oh, that's a different story, I say, oh, that's a horse of a different color. Oh, my God. And then I laugh, and then nobody else does, but I enjoy it, so I continue saying it. Horse of a Different Color is probably my favorite scene. The song that they're playing at that part is also one of my favorite songs. It's when they're giving them, like, their makeovers. Can you even dye my eyes to match my gown? Ooh, jolly old town. I love that part. Anyway. Horse of a Different Color. Anyway, the different colors of the horse were not achieved by special effects. Now, I have to say, for me personally, I always thought that what they did was, because that was around the time when, obviously, animation was really big. That was when Snow White was a thing, blah, blah, blah. So what I always assumed they did was they did, like, a overlay of animation over the film. So that's how they would get that effect. Because the color on the horse is so vivid. They used jello powder and 
put it all over the horse. It was a white I mean, horse that they cast, and they put jello powder. And apparently, the horse loved it because horses love sugar. Yeah, right? they, feed they sugar do. Cubes to they horses. love sugar. So, in the scene, the very beginning of when you first get introduced to the horse of a different color, you can see that the carriage driver is like pulling the horse's head back to get him to stop licking he's himself. Like, yeah, he kept trying so to, good. Yeah, he kept trying to lick the jello off his legs, which I think is the cutest fucking shit on the. He's like, planet. I taste yummy. Yeah, he's like, I'm lemon. <laughs> Delicious. So cute. So now for the final. See, I think that's the probably the best. That's the that funnest yeah, story the funnest, from yeah. The Wizard of Oz. Jello. Debauchery. I feel it. But Horse jello is great. <laughs> is it? Is it? I always. Okay, so. I don't know if anybody else. Is, I don't know if anybody else has heard this. We can cut this if this isn't true. But I always heard that Jello was made from horse bones. Gelatin is made from beef cartilage. Oh, okay. Someone said horse bones, and I was like, yeah. <gasps> "It's we're gonna eat beef marrow." It's oh, okay. From, it's cow. Okay. That's why Jello is not vegan. Oh yeah. Boom shakalaka. Crazy. So now we're going to hit on the final Wizard of Oz crime, the stolen ruby slippers. So a pair of film-worn ruby slippers were stolen from the Judy Garland Museum, which is located in the childhood home of Judy Garland in Grand Rapids, Minneapolis, in 2005 was when this crime took place. They were one of only four known remaining pairs of original ruby slippers made for the 1939 film. A sting operation by the FBI was conducted in 2018 and the slippers were recovered. Unfortunately, no one has yet to be arrested for the theft. Where do they find them? (laughs) Stay tuned. Well, kind of. So in the summer of 2017, which was 12 years after the original theft occurred, an individual approached the company that insured the slippers. So whomever was the insurance company through the museum that had the insurance on the slippers were approached by this man saying that he had information and uh, how they could get the slippers back. So Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids police got the FBI involved. And after a nearly year long investigation with assistance from the FBI's art crime team, the FBI laboratory and field offices in Chicago, Atlanta, and Miami, the slippers were recovered in an undercover operation in Minneapolis. So they never left the town. They never left the city. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So there were, they didn't find people. They just found the slippers just sitting there? I guess, yeah. Well, they never left the state. Well, yeah, but you would Grand think Rapids like... to Minneapolis, but... Yeah. But you would crazy? Like, they just found shoes? What do you mean? Like they didn't find anybody that stole them? Oh, I don't know. I don't oh, know okay. how they found... Yeah, I don't know I like, was if like, they like raided a basement where all this art stolen stuff was, or I don't know. That black market, that's what it is. It's that, it's that damn black market with all the kidneys and ruby slippers. Mm-hmm. Um, so agents from the FBI Minneapolis field office brought the slippers to the Smithsonian Institution's natural, National Museum... Not natural. National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C. for analysis and comparison. Because at that same exact museum... There was one of the other four pairs of ruby slippers on display. So they could compare. And it's been there since 1979. Exactly. So Dawn Wallace, who was a conservator at the museum, she had been working for the past two years previous to this to conserve those ruby slippers that were on display, which are over 80 years old now at this point. Yeah. 
So Dawn said that a careful analysis led to the conclusion that the recovered shoes were in fact authentic due to their similar construction, materials used, and the condition to the museum's pair. In a fascinating turn of events, this is actually, in this whole story, my favorite fact, because I think that this is really kind of fucking cool. In a fascinating turn of events, the recovered shoes, the stolen shoes, and the pair of shoes at the museum's collection were mismatched twins. <gasps> so the right slipper from the stolen set is paired with the left slipper from the museum set. And the left slipper from the stolen set pairs with the right museum pair or the right museum slipper. That's awesome. So they like were like long lost twins, which is like so weird and fucking creepy. And I'm like a nerd because it's a shoe. But I think that that's really cool because yeah. like after all these years, but they were, were able they... to switch them and restore both pairs. Oh, and, okay. I was going to say. Yeah. Now, from what I understand, the recovered pair of slippers are still in FBI custody because, of course, it's part of an ongoing investigation. Well, yeah. Since they haven't arrested the dudes yet. But it's eventually going to make its way back to the Smithsonian. It's How much are their shoes? How much are they worth? They're now they worth? worth over a million dollars per oh. pair. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, that's, that's, that's not even a, a piece of film history anymore. That's a piece of American history in my yeah. opinion. So, so that Crazy. concludes, that concludes today's journey down memory lane or more appropriately, the yellow brick road. <laughs> I had to use my joke. Joke's oh my gosh. Nikki appreciates my laugh. Charlie, I loved every minute of that. Was that fun? That was fun. It was crimey. Thank, thanks, but it was Sarah. A fun crime. Thanks, yes. Sarah. That was so much You're fun. You're a peach. I know. I was we really happy that we got to do that. Stories like this. That yeah. was a fun. The sad. The sad. Just like I mean, death and mayhem. Some of those were really. They were terrible. Yeah. It's it's different. Yeah. It's a lighter. Yeah, crime. It's a it's a light crime. It's my crime, favorite. It's crime adjacent. It's my favorite is just the crime. horse. Diet crime. Diet crime. Half the calories. <laughs> and the horse licking his paws like mm, delicious cherry. Oh, it tastes mm. yum. You, you know it's funny. Mm. I'm a grape horse now. <laughs> when I, you're ridiculous. <laughs> when I was younger and I watched the movie, I thought that the horses did that because they were prancing. Because you know show horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I just thought. I was like, oh, they're trained show horses. No, <laughs> they're trying to lick their Jello hands. Yeah, that makes sense now. They have yeah. Jello hands. And they won't I'll never eat watch it. this movie the same again. I will tell I you that that's what happened to me today. So I finished writing the story, and today when I was working, I was like, now I gotta watch the wizard of oz let's just have to so it's on hbo now so if anybody is in the mood to watch oh, okay. uh, wizard of oz it's on hbo so i put it on and exactly that happened to me where i kept like looking and watching things and i'm like yeah judy garland just got slapped that's the only reason why she was able to do that scene <laughs> but like it's just it's funny to watch it now i'm like yeah that's asbestos <laughs> And everybody who I'm watching here is... Did it kind of ruin it for you a little bit? No. No? Okay. No. Wizard of Oz is still magical and still one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. I'll still love it forever, even though it's awful what they did to those people. But, yeah. What's up here? I know. I couldn't remember if I had my Wizard of Oz box set up there. Oh, okay. I I was like looking... I have Wicked up there, but it's not the same. No one mourns the Wicked. No one mourns the Wicked. Um, But, yeah. So, Yellow Brick Road. That's the end of tonight's bad crime story. Good job. Thanks. I thought that was a fun one. That was a fun one. So obviously we love listener stories because we get fun content like that. So please send us your suggestions for stories. Um, It's bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com. 
Um, you can find us on social media, Bed Crime Stories on Instagram, Twitter. We are so close to a thousand followers on Instagram, guys. I can feel it in my bones. It's going to happen in the next week. I can feel it. I know it's happening. Um, I can feel it. I feel it in my spine. Yeah. So like, subscribe, rate, review. Make sure you leave five-star reviews because the more five-star reviews we have, the more listeners come to the podcast. The more listeners come to the podcast, the more you guys get to hear the podcast because the more we'll do it. But if you stop listening, we'll stop recording. So this is all in your hands. True really. story. True story. So anyway, um, also just a little like tidbit uh, insider info, which... Um, I probably shouldn't tell you, but I have had two glasses of wine, so I'm going to tell you anyway. We are currently in talks to create some merch. Yeah. <gasps> so don't know when that's going to happen. Um, it's coming down the pike. Don't. Uh, down the pike? Not making. Yeah, that's what. Pike. Oh. Oh, really? Yes. So I it's it's I pike, not new. pipe. And actually, the other day, I got really mad because somebody said, cut the mustard. And it's cut the mustard. It's not cut the mustard. And I got really annoyed. It was like on TV. I have never heard that. Like, oh, that's not going to cut the mustard. And I'm like, it's cut the mustard. And I got real angry. I don't know. I'm like, I'm an idiot when it comes to things like that. But anyway. It's okay. I appreciate it. Thanks. But anyway, it's coming down the road. It's coming down the yellow brick road and I don't know when. So please don't like ask for specific dates because we don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but we are working with a, um, a small business to put out some merch, hopefully in the next few weeks to months. And, uh, you guys will get to like wear our logo around and tell lots of people about bed crime stories. So we hope that, um, we hope that you are interested in, in seeing some of that. So anyway, Especially with Charlie's uh, catchphrase. Especially with my catchphrase. People, they're not great. That's trademarked. Trademark. Yeah. <laughs> no. Don't steal All that. rights reserved. All rights little reserved. Little TM. Little TM. Little R on there. Um, but anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you all. We appreciate every single one of you. Please be kind to one another. And until we see you next week. Sweet, sweet dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.